0: Ciao amici, welcome to Cinema Italiana, the podcast dedicated to the Italian experience as told by film. Today we'll be talking about the Italian films featured this year at the 31st annual Palm Springs International Film Festival in Palm Springs, California. This year had a special focus on italy program so felt like a perfect fit for what this podcast is all about across four days i got to see seven italian films plus a french film that had some surprise italian dialogue in one scene this was a great way to get a snapshot of some of today's contemporary italian cinema i wrote pieces on each of the films and want to take some time to talk through each one i also had the pleasure of interviewing with several of the movie's directors and I'll include audio excerpts, plus links to longer-form interviews where available. So without further ado, just to jump into the festival programming, first up came the opening night film, Croce e Delizia, or An Almost Ordinary Summer, by Simone Godano. The synopsis reads In this delightful and big hearted Italian farce, a seaside summer vacation erupts into class and sexual warfare when two middle aged grandfathers, the rich cosmopolitan Tony and the hunky blue collar Carlo, announce to their big shocked families their plan to marry. This startling announcement sets this delightful Italian farce into manic overdrive as a summer vacation erupts into class and sexual warfare. Harlow's homophobic son explodes. Tony's resentful daughter seethes. The two join forces, hatching a sneaky plot to disrupt the nuptials. Can the love these two men feel for each other survive the storm? Can these two proud families overcome their prejudices? I found this movie very charming and often moving. The scenario reminded me of All That Heaven Allows and Ali Fear Eats the Soul in which two grown, mature adults are forced to justify and rationalize their love to those around them. The more serious underpinning, adding gravity to a largely farcical and very funny comedy, reminded me of the classical Commedia all'Italiana, bridging the gap between the comic and the tragic. It is ultimately a comedy, and at its heart, it's a very sensitive and earnest movie about love and family. I got to speak briefly with the director, Simone Godano, at the film's Red Carpet. Here's a snippet of the interview featuring Godano and his translator. Il film, come ho detto alla signora, nasce come nasce dall'idea di un mondo dove vivono uomini, ma invece
1: vuole raccontare l'amore, l'amore all'interno, l'amore in maniera universale, l'amore tra un padre e una figlia, l'amore tra due uomini, l'amore tra dei fratelli, quindi. The iniziale in the film was stata raccontare the love between two, the alla of the children
2: in the beginning it was about this matrimony of these two men, but as it progressed, it's about love initially, between a, mother, a father and a daughter, between the families, uh, between. it's just about love. It, it became less important. So just like everywhere in the world, it's like three steps forward, two steps back. So it, it progresses. But the film is about the the progression of really it's about I'm not I'm translating but I'm also
1: l'ispirazione del film sì. nasce dal fatto che nella nostra cultura italiana prima um, i figli si preoccupavano di dover presentare il compagno la compagna. Al di là dell'omosessualità, era più un figlio in soggezione rispetto ai genitori. Adesso, nella nuova generazione, sono i genitori spesso separati a avere difficoltà a presentare compagni. Al di là dell'omosessualità, quindi ha proprio figlio, si è ribaltato questo concetto. Right. Awesome. So, in the beginning in
2: the Italian culture, marriage was more of an introduction of and bringing home the opposite sex type of thing. The the opposite sense. sex. Inquiry, uh, um, but now it's more about the development and the incorporation as the Italian generations have changed. It's more about the um, coming together of, of, of two people, less so sexually. says no 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 sorry no
1: sono i genitori che si preoccupano i the parents. The parents, the parents sono in soggezione rispetto really cool. nei confronti dei figli prima nell'epoca right here, quando sono cresciuto io c'era molto più rispetto dei figli rispetto ai propri genitori e ai propri nonni adesso questo si è perso addirittura si è ribaltato All right.
2: All right. so prima before it was about the non know how I can say
1: non c'è una parola in inglese soggezione do you know when when I was young, uh, I called my love, teen, teen, teenager love, for me was uh, uh, embarrassing. Embarrassing. <laughs> it was embarrassing oh. to say he to was. To speak involved. with the father. Oh, see. Now is the opposite. To speak with the, your children. The father, our problem to tell the, to the son or the. Oh, see. Uh, I, I have a new, a new, a new love. Woman, man, homosexual, there is more suggestion now. Suggestion, suggestion, in the you know no sense, suggestion. you Embarrassment. It was less
2: embarrassing before. It was more embarrassing, but now it's changed. The roles have changed. Okay. Sure. Do you follow? See,
3: <laughs> <Si>, yeah. <laughs> you can speak more freely.
4: That your that your heart
3: is open, and you can you can share that. The heart is more open. Okay. okay. Um, what do you hope audiences learn or walk away with after seeing the film? When
2: uh, the people seen the film, what is they that they
1: come
2: no,
5: with? No, no. I think sure it's a comedy, and oh, so
1: I hope that the people was enjoy. But uh, uh, the second part of the movie, when the family is the heart of the film. Uh, I, I hope that the, uh, the emotion is more than the enjoy. <laughs>
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Next up was Martin Eddin by Pietro Marcello. This was my very favorite movie I saw at the festival. The synopsis reads A chance introduction to high society prompts a lowly mariner to pursue fame and success as a writer. Bold and vibrant adaptation of John London's classic 1909 novel. From a formalist perspective, this movie is constructed in a fascinating way. It merges archival footage in one narrative, acting almost as dividing marks between perspectives and time periods. The color palette evolves from romantic pastels, almost like a vintage photograph. And gradually fades away to drab blimberness. The anachronistic soundtrack plays 1970s pop songs underneath scenes and footage set prior to local War It's a swirl of mood, time, and place that still comes together in a thematically cohesive, ultimately tragic story. More personally, the film hits home with so many markers of my own ancestry, things that I grew up like Martin Metin, my ancestors were fishermen from southern Italy, trapped in economic circumstances that forced them to look elsewhere to make their fortune.
3: It's
0: hard not to watch films with characters like this, and not wonder, what if my family had stayed in Italy, how our lives would have turned out. Another powerful moment came in, one early but symbolically resonant scene. Martin finishes off on the pasta, and bread into the sauce, or gravy, depending on your time Describes the sauce as poverty, and bread represents education. He uses the bread, education, to wipe movie. up the sauce, the poverty. The in an act my mother would refer to as "bagna," dipping bread in your pasta sauce, to not waste food, and finish off your plate. Not only is Martin's action a metaphor for his political beliefs and our drive but adding on a more primal layer of food and sustenance. He's conducting an act that no food gets wasted, taking everything that's yours and making the most of it. Maybe I'm just hungry, but the short scene of turning pasta into politics spoke volumes about this character and this film overall. Next up came Simple Women by Chiara Malta. The film's synopsis reads, The idiom, never meet your heroes, is taken to amusing and unsettling extremes when a filmmaker, Federica, has a chance meeting with her childhood idol, 1990s indie film darling, Alina Lovenson, and attempts to make a film about her life. To me, one of the most resonant elements of this film was how it portrayed representation and inclusion on film. Our hero, Federica, is an epileptic who is drawn to the actress Alina for her portrayal of an epileptic on film. What also leaves a lasting impression is the agency and power Federica, as a female filmmaker, wields in her craft as director. Any challenges or struggles Federica faces seem to be due to her experience, or lack thereof, but not due to institutional barriers to women working in a male-dominated industry like filmmaking. Similar to the representation of epilepsy, simple women may provide a powerful image to future filmmakers, exercising their creativity and craft. Free of barriers, I got to speak with Director Chiara Malta in greater detail about the film. Here's an excerpt from our interview, which I'll link to in the show notes.
3: Um, well, kind of on the topic of memory, um, the very end of the film, bringing together the past and the present, um, and everybody from the childhood and the adulthood of Federica, it sort of reminded me of Fellini's Otto e Mezzo. Um, were there any films or filmmakers that inspired you either for this film or just for you as a filmmaker?
4: The fact that all the characters, the, the three age of the characters are in the same shot, uh, for me it's yes. the power of cinema, it's a sort of magic in life, it can happen in cinema, yes, so in cinema everything can happen. And for me having the same character in the same shot, Three Ages was the magical, most magical moment in the film. And, and I think that it's not only the fact that they are by the sea um, that give you this impression. Um, it's strange because I arrived to Fellini probably not in a conscious way because it's a very. Fellini, for us, uh, is our culture, but so I don't think while I was riding uh, to Fellini, I have many reasons to arrive on this beach, because it's, the film is a sort of tempest and there is a sort of peace by the sea, as the end uh, of the, as you know.
6: And it was a sunny day, there is something
4: like that. And after is there is the idea to come back, circle because the film started with this beach in the same restaurant to, to go back to that si. the origin and um, uh, and there is a new de- departure when you see the sea and you can go to the origin you know there is a, something that is open uh, in the beach oh, si. and um, so um, and I know that there is uh, Fellini's film we have many uh, uh, and By the Sea in other films too but I think that Fellini was somehow but Fellini is around each director in Italy because it's part of our culture you know. and I had uh, uh, all that jazz Oh, <laughs> si. uh, and there is and I think that even in you know, all the jazz probably there is some Fellini reference to a sort of <laughs> joke <laughs> but it was important for me as a movie and uh, not and uh, not only cinematographic reference had many other reference and music and pictures uh, other not only on cinema oh but you know you had, when you in any case for this movie especially for this movie I was not so conscious of my reference. It was sort of automatical writing, and after I, I the, the most important work is to put some order in this unconsciousness writing. I know that I wanted to speak about representation and what it's behind. I have this, uh, this need, uh, and it's not the first time I speak about that, or I try to speak about that. So if I had some references, they are most of the time unconscious, I think. And in a way, I had Simple Man, but because it's, the, it's an element among the other, because it's um, part of the story of my main character. So it's not a reference for my movie, but
5: it's uh, part of the story of Federico.
0: The next film was The Disappearance of My Mother by Benjamino Barrese a fascinating meta-documentary about a most personal subject, the director's mother. The film synopsis is Compassionate, confrontational, and combustible. Debut filmmaker Barreze's deeply personal portrait of his mother, the 1960s-era Italian supermodel-turned-academic Benedetta Barzini, is both revelatory and moving as it examines and challenges her desire to retreat from life. Benedetta Barzini was not a figure I was aware of, but we get flashes of her from the documentary. She was a major supermodel in the 1960s. She was an activist, feminist, and advocate. She speaks out in public forums and continues to teach today's youth. All of these things would be enough to tell a straightforward narrative of her life. But the film is not straightforward at all. It's told very much looking backward as we see the aging, sometimes bitter, and fickle Benedetta turning reclusive and aspiring to disappear from the world. She claims to despise the image and its inherently reductive nature, but she also creatively brainstorms with her son and her filmic appearance about how to best stage and visually present her aforementioned disappearance using the image for her own game. Just as she contradicts her own words, The film itself plays between documentary and fiction, and the inherent contradictions therein. The film occasionally observes its subject, Benedetta, truly objectively, with no self-awareness. But at other times, it directly engages with or influences the subject. I had a great conversation with Benjamino Barreze about this film. I'll include a link in the show notes, and I'll play an excerpt here now.
3: Reminds me um, something you mentioned during the Q and A that I thought was really interesting. Um, I'd love to talk about a little bit more um, was the idea of kind of exploitation being inherent in documentaries, um, where no matter what, there's the subject and the subject being aware that they're being observed, and there's always. I feel like that's a tension or a conflict that will always be in documentaries. If you want to talk a little bit about that,
5: sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm super aware of that. Like. I'm super aware of that and obviously it's important to tell stories uh, and it's great that documentaries exist at the same time I I, I always notice that you know even when you go and for example in a war zone and you tell a really important story like I can always feel the tension in the filmmaker's mind I'm making this film, yes I believe in this story but also I wanna make a film, it's my story and at the same time there is somebody Often very fragile on the other side of the lens that is letting you entering in their intimate life and they're giving away so much and and often they have a purpose. There is a purpose, but there is this element of giving away something that for me it's just very moving and um, and yes, there is an element of exploitation. Uh, I can see it when I'm a director of photography and I I have my camera pointing to an actor, for example, and actors or actresses are. The ones that most are okay with showing themselves, but at the same time, even in their attitude, I can always feel this fragility. Like they need mm-hmm. to be seen, and and and, and the same. The movie um, is made by exploiting this, you know, this because the best acting often comes from these kind of gaps between the performance and the real human being that you can see, and often is a fragile human being that just wants the tension, or anyways i I like this tension i I can always feel it and and yes as i I said in the I I like how this film allowed me to put like a magnifier on this topic of the tension between the person the camera and the person behind the camera and how this can play out in the case of my mom there's a resistance but i think she voices tension that i think is always there so i don't have an answer i think it's like for me it was the same. Like I was like, Okay, I'm using my mom to tell my story, tell her story, to become a director. You know, it was huge this exploitation element, you know. Sure. I was using my mom that was also a kind of famous mom in order to make a film and start my career. I mean it's big, but it's always there, you know. It's always there.
3: Yeah, no matter what the subject matter Not really anything. matter
5: what the subject matter again, no. And and I think Again, as a documentary maker, even when you meet a very willing subject, I I, I can always see that, you know? So I'm very glad that I could use this opportunity to be more sensitive and understand more this tension and this conflict.
0: The next film I saw was Il Pampione, The Champion, by Leonardo D'Agostini. The film's synopsis reads, One of Italy's most seasoned acting vets... Stefano Accorzi is brilliantly matched with one of its most charismatic newcomers, Andrea Carpenzano, in this this alternately funny and moving tale of a mild-mannered history teacher hired to tutor a flashy and reckless athlete. Similar to An Almost Ordinary Summer, this feel-good comedy was full of heart and sincerity, while underlining a real-world problem without an easy solution. The central conflict of the champion faces not only Italian football players, but any athletes, rock stars, or young people swept up by fame and fortune without someone guiding and shaping them into maturity and adulthood. The two lead performances are strong, particularly by Andrea Carpenzano as the football player Christian, who is very good at being unlikable before we gain a better understanding of his character and grow to care for him. I got to speak with director Leonardo D'Agostini and screenwriter Antonella LaTanzi, who said some powerful things about the film's message. Here's a snippet from that interview.
3: Um, are there, you know, as an American watching it, um, a question I had was how are, are there things in the movie that reflect Italian culture, geography, in ways that maybe um, foreign audiences might not understand?
6: I don't think that um, The Champion is an Italian film, uh, Italian movie. Uh, we try to tell a story, a singular story, that, is, uh, that could be the story of, re- of uh, everyone. Uh, I think it reflects uh, most, uh, as you told, uh, told uh, uh, before, um, it reflects the way in which uh, young stars uh, are facing a world that they doesn't know at all and uh, have to grow all uh, alone and finding finding uh, someone that can help you to grow up uh, to be a champion that uh, there is not uh, only the force um, or the strongness of your legs, but is the strongness of uh, your mind. That I don't think that is uh, an Italian...
7: No, we tried to... Make, we were interested, really interested, to make a movie that could, be, could have been understood all over the world. There are some things that maybe... That's something that you couldn't tell us, but um, we tried to do, to be as universal as possible, No, um, Yeah, and also the characters, in the meantime, so um, unique in a way, because he's rock a rockstar. Sí. But, at the same time, it's a guy, it's a young guy with problem in life, as every major yes uh, it and it's about friendship and the importance of um, not only a teacher or a friend or someone that can help you to outrun your, uh, outrun your problems as
0: a youngster so that's I think up, everyone. Next up, in the movie I was maybe most excited to see, Il Traditore, or The Traitor, by Marco Bellocchio. This was Italy's submission to the Best International Feature Film category. And while it didn't get nominated for the Golden Globes or the Oscars, I was still excited to see what must have been considered to be the best Italian film of the year. And certainly, I want to see the latest work from a veteran director like Marco Bellocchio. And it did not disappoint. The synopsis is, the true story of Tommaso Buscetta, the first mafia boss to break the Cosa Nostra code of silence and take the stand in a series of sensational trials that shook Italy. I've realized that I have a soft spot for mob movies, and I acknowledge and I own that, but the traitor still fired for me on all cylinders, even beyond my personal bias for this subgenre. What I found most exciting about it was its sense of existentialism. At his core, Tommaso Bouchetta believes in the mafia, in the Cosa Nostra, and what it represents and what it can do for its communities. Even when tragedy strikes, his family is attacked, uprooted, but he still holds true to his fundamental beliefs, however twisted, that he is an honorable man in a once-honorable organization. The film may be called The Traitor, but it is almost more an exploration of loyalty and how it can be twisted, bent, even steadfast through the decades. This is one that I can't wait to revisit. The last Italian film I saw at the festival was Sole by Carlo Cironi. The film's synopsis reads, On the Tyrrhenian coast, two teenagers entangled in a surrogacy scheme form a quiet bond over the course of several unconventionally intimate weeks in the subdued and sensitively composed feature debut. This was perhaps my least favorite of the films from the festival. I found its tone certainly striking and different, but it felt so cold and distant from the characters that it was hard to wrap my head around their motivations, drives, and desires. Everything felt empty and joyless, which may have been the intent, but there wasn't very much for me to hold on to or connect with. What I did appreciate in hindsight was how it reflected Italian society in a way that I just wasn't aware of. Surrogate pregnancies are illegal in Italy. And the film's central premise of a young man and woman pretending to be parents-to-be so they can literally sell the baby to the boy's uncle could be a necessary evil for a couple unable to have children in a country where they can't pursue surrogacy as an alternative. I've written essays on Sole and all of the films I mentioned today and we will include links in the show notes I know it's been a while since the last Deep Dive episode but wanted to let you know that there's constantly news and updates going on in the world of Italian film I keep the Cinema Italiano social media pretty active, so please be sure to like and follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter also We're the only podcast dedicated to Italian film. So if you like what you hear, please rate and review us and be sure to subscribe. That helps other people discover the show and helps spread the word on some of these great movies. Grazie as always, and until next time, ciao amici!